0: I'm really excited today. My guest is Graham Elliott. He's co-host of the popular Fox series MasterChef and MasterChef Junior and host of the new Food Network uh, show that's coming out or actually came out in June, I think Craziest Restaurants in America. And Graham wants everyone to cook, and we know we're big foodies here in Seattle. And it's really a movement that's spread all across the, the nation and really the world. Everybody's taking pictures of their food, and and if you want something new to pay, uh, take a picture of, Graham's out with his brand new first cookbook, Cooking Like a Master Chef: A Hundred Recipes to Make Everyday Extraordinary. And he has some things in here that are extraordinary, and will really impress not only your guests but. If you share your food on social media like so many of us are, you can take a picture and you will be a rock star just like Graham is. So thanks, Graham, for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: You know, I I was describing this cookbook to someone yesterday. I said it's a little bit kitchen and a little bit rock and roll because you have some musical roots and you've kind of incorporated so much of your personality into your very first cookbook.
1: Thank you. That's what I was really trying to do, because I think food, uh, just like music you were mentioning, it's an extension of whoever's doing it. And uh, I want people to be able to read that and kind of know who I am based on the dishes, the recipes, the photos, and, you know, just the the words coming off the page. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of all I know how to do. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of restaurant food uh, can get predictable, you know, and and I'd never want to be that. So that's what I was hoping to get across in the book.
0: We well, did a great thing because food and music both have this really great way of connecting us with the past. And you incorporated both of those, invoking those memories on music and food throughout this book. And you also um, incorporated your children. You have three sons, and you incorporated them into this book. And and does this cookbook, the cooking like a master chef, does it almost feel like now you have a fourth child?
1: Yeah, I feel, well, I feel like I had done the closest to giving birth that my, my poor wife had to go through. Um, it was a long, long process coming up with the idea to actually, you know, seeing it through. Um, but it's so exciting because the kids, you know, see that I have a book now, and, and they think it's fun because there are pictures in there. But uh, it's like a big, giant business card, and the fact that I didn't have one – for all these years, uh, you know, it was kind of the source of a lot of jokes on the show and MasterChef because we'd say, okay, the winner gets the trophy uh, a bajillion dollars and their own cookbook. And then Gordon would look at me and be like, which Graham still doesn't have. So <laughs> I kind of got shamed in the, to putting it together.
0: <laughs> what, what's it like working with Gordon Ramsey? Because we see him so differently than his persona that, that they want us to, to uh, believe on, on the TV is probably different from the person that you're working with day to day off camera or, or is it?
1: No, I mean, Gordon is, you know, first and foremost, he's the hardest working person I've ever met. And I've met a lot of people, but uh, he knows how to get the best out of you and uh, very inspiring just, by leading by example. So I've I've always felt super humbled and honored to, to be able to work with him and you know he gives me life lessons, business lessons, cooking lessons. Uh and he's probably the, the one of the funniest people I know. So I think that comes across in MasterChef Junior really well. You see that that humor and personality he has uh is really infectious. So yeah, it's uh it's not the uh the yelling, you know, screaming people that I think people maybe thought that he was uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, and that's one great thing I, I thought that MasterChef Junior did and that you did in your cookbook, in, in incorporating younger people in the kitchen, because I'm really impressed by how children seem to have a natural desire to want to help in the kitchen and cook, and you really tapped and, and, and built on that in, in your cookbook
1: yeah i think that's true i think that uh they they genuinely want to um you know help get their hands dirty and make stuff but also it's exciting and fun like you know my my three boys the eight year old milo might like the um the creative aspect or, or some of the artistry of it and then the five-year-old conrad loves how you know, cool things are. He'll come to the restaurant and see like a a pig, a pig's head, or an octopus, or something in the cooler, and just think it's so awesome. Let's play with it. You know, so you you have different outlets um, for each each kid. And then MasterChef Junior, you see that from you know the uh, savory side, the pastry side. And what's fun is it breaks down a lot of the the stereotypes. You've got the huge, strong, tough kid decorating cupcakes and like the the little princess girl like roasting a huge rack of lamb. So, you know, it's anyone's ball game. That's what makes food Absolutely. so fun.
0: Absolutely. How did you discover your love of cooking? Did it start when you were younger? Is it something that you kind of acquired little by little as as you matured?
1: No, I've always loved food. I love eating. I have an appreciation of different foods. And I think because my dad was in the Navy you know, I've been to all 50 states and kind of lived everywhere, I knew food was a good looking glass into culture and geography and the people. And I was always wowed by that. Um, so I didn't have the upbringing of, you know, stirring the pot of tomato sauce with my grandma all day at the house. You know, that was far, far away from what my reality was of the blue box with, you know, the orange cheese packet. But uh, as you move around, you do see things um, living in the Philippines, Hawaii, you know, California, DC, and, and try all this new stuff, and realize as you get older that that's kind of building you into the, the chef that you're going to become. So I've always I've always known that, that I wanted to do
0: something with it. Was it um, something that was your was your dad a cook or was your mom a cook or? since you didn't yeah, kind of grow up with it in the house, was it was it still something that that was an interest in, in either one of your parents?
1: Yeah, definitely with my dad. Um, you know, he would go to the Middle East and come back with a ton of different spices and talk about the market mm-hmm. and how they had these giant drums or bags of curry and garam masala and these other things, and then we'd cook that and, and enjoy it. Um, you know, the... The fact that he was a diver, he'd go and get abalone and lobsters and, you know, all this great stuff that you guys have in your backyard over there in Seattle, which is so jealous of. But, uh, you know, putting that home, we'd cook with it and, uh, you know, just seeing things that I think a lot of other kids don't don't have access mm-hmm. to. Um, and so that kind of really got me intrigued by, by food. But in the new cookbook, um, I think a lot of the food is also based on what my mom, I, I kind of jokingly say, tried to make. Like she would do stroganoff. But it was egg noodles and creamy mushroom soup and ground beef. And I tried to do a version of that as an homage, but it's, you know, homemade spaetzle, truffle mushroom puree, and braised short rib that's been cooking for eight hours. So the same flavors, but, you know, a little twist on it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'm always impressed when people put mussels in their cookbooks because we eat a lot of mussels here. We have Cove mussels. Yeah. We eat a lot of mussels here. And mm-hmm. you had a really great mussel recipe. I'm always looking for, for, for new things on that. You did a fantastic job with that. In fact, I'm going to be making that, as a matter of fact. So you really covered it all from seafood and some drinks, and oh, you talked about Tuscan kale, which I'm a huge fan of, of Tuscan mm-hmm. kale and, uh, and and what to do with it, and not not only the, you know, the chicken and beef and that type of things, but it, it really branches out into all kinds of different aspects, like I said about mussels, which we really love here, and we're always looking for something new to do <laughs> with right, our mussels, right. and you incorporated chorizo in that, which is also something yeah. we really love.
1: Right, trying to think a little more Mexican uh, uh, approach to it.
0: Well, mussels, I, I think are really kind of underrated for, for one thing because um, they have so much flavor and they kind of take on the flavor that, that that you're that you're cooking with, and they're fun to eat and they can feed a lot of. Well, they are kind of a little yeah, bit and, uh, up, up front and they're nice and rich. The,
1: really, but I think that's what makes them fun. It's, it's not like you're given oysters that you have to sit and shuck to get to, they're already cooked and opened up, but it's a communal thing. You sit that big pot of them, whether they're stewed with, you know, Belgian ale and and herbs or white wine and shallots, like, and they open up and then you get to like eat them and talk and drink. And it's just a really fun uh, atmosphere when you're, when you're eating mussels.
0: When, when you opened your uh, restaurant in Chicago and, and, and you're cooking for, for the Midwest people, um, are, are you seeing kind of the world coming becoming smaller, and, and maybe things that we really liked out here in the Northwest? Are people in the Midwest kind of really liking those things now, and and things that people were liking in the South? Or uh, I, I know that we're kind of seeing those things kind of influence us here in the Northwest now. It seems like the food world is becoming smaller. You don't have to kind of go to those regions anymore to to get that food that 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 people are wanting those in their areas now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that because – not just because travel is cheaper, but you have so many young chefs now. It's a young person's game for sure. You know, I see the 18-year-olds out of cooking school that are coming in so skilled and and love to travel, and they'll bring with them new ideas. And you want to go to the Northwest, and you love the idea of foraging and wild mushrooms and fruits and proximity to the ocean and all these other things. And then somebody might want to come to the Midwest and learn more – country cooking and, you know, the, the wholesomeness and meat focus and the Great Lakes and things. And then someone wants to go to the south. And like you said, you know, they're they're using collards and ham hocks and all those techniques. And it really does make it a much, much smaller culinary world now because you can kind of pick and choose from everywhere
0: and and because you've been exposed to so many recipes and you know you're on these fantastic shows and you're seeing food coming at you all the time was it hard to pick 100 recipes to to put in your first cookbook or, or did you kind of already have them in the back of your mind
1: No I think it it was pretty hard just because I only have maybe a handful of quote unquote signature dishes and I like to cook based on the season but also what's in season today might not be in season tomorrow so it's always evolving and changing so What I made a year ago isn't what I'm making now, and next year will probably be different. So to sit down and come up with 100 recipes, it's almost like where
0: I am right now on my food journey. Yeah, and you know, Gordon Ramsay wrote you a lovely introduction. Speaking of his softer side, and and kind of him teasing you about not having a cookbook, and and now you do. So when they win one, they uh, when they win on Master Chef, they can also have their gazillion dollars and your cookbook. So that's amazing. But but he did a great job of, of of writing that introduction for you.
1: Yeah, it was so so nice of him to do that. And uh, like I said, you know, I texted him the other day, and he was just like, you know, congrats,
0: this is awesome. And so it was always nice to have his support. Absolutely. And so are you already thinking about the second cookbook?
1: I am. You know, I've got two ideas. One, I want to do like the Graham Elliott family cookbook and have recipes that not only I make at home now, but what, you know, I want to cook for my kids and then what my grandparents cooked and my wife's parents. And, you know, like this whole generational thing. But I also want to do a food and music book where – maybe the chapters are broken into genres, So you've got like your reggae chapter and it's about the music and then the food is Caribbean influenced. You've got hip hop, which is like street food, Uh, country, which would be, you know, Midwestern Southern inspired. So I think all those genres kind of how they showcase food as well and vice versa.
0: I think that's a great idea because when we have people over and we're cooking for them, we usually have music playing in the background.
1: And so yeah, we I always
0: tell people p- pick up <laughs> same playlist. thing. People
1: are always asking, you know, what um, what makes a good party or how do you make you know your successful Thanksgiving? And it's like music and the soundtrack is equally important. When someone comes over, how when they open the door, your house has to be like a restaurant. Like this is the vibe, this is the look, this is the, the sound, and then the food and drink are there too. But All of it comes together.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I had your cookbook out. I I had a barbecue this weekend, and and I've gotten aware uh, when when people kind of uh – uh, are sitting up at the bar and we're kind of cooking. I, I have started putting cookbooks out for my guests to kind of thumb through while the music is playing and we're kind of drinking some wine and and they love it. I mean, I, I will tell you, it's, if if you want to have a great time with your guests, put out cookbooks as kind of like coffee table books. They love to look through them. They loved just uh, that, that. That's where someone had actually told me. This is a little bit kitchen and a little bit rock and roll, and I'm like, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's so, fun. Um, you
1: know. A great word of advice that I got from Gordon was when I was doing the photography, he said, take a picture of the dish, go and show like five, you know, friends that aren't in the the chef world. And if they don't know what that dish is in like the first five seconds, then you got to like do a different picture because chefs have this, you know, this, they love to make things as artsy as possible. You know, they have a habit Mm -hmm. of making it look too plated and fussy. And if it says, you know, roasted, beef with this sauce whatever whatever and it's like all over negative space a swoosh of that a dot of this people might be like hmm well it sounds good but where's the beef and I don't know where the sauce so it's like no put it on a plate make it look tasty and if someone reads it and they're like I can make that I know how to do that then they'll want to buy it and redo it so I thought that was absolutely absolutely
0: Absolutely. Well, it is an absolutely great cookbook. I think you really hit it out of the park with your first one, and I'm really excited about your second one and your third one that you're already tossing ideas around. And I'm so grateful and just thankful that you took the time to come on. It's called Cooking Like a Master Chef: 100 Recipes to Make Everyday Extraordinary. It's available now. And I was talking to uh, Graham when we were off air a minute ago, and I, I checked the charts on it. I know a lot of people don't look at charts, but it's already doing really great. It's number two in some categories number five it just came out it just came out it's already shooting up the charts and so this is the kind of thing that 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 people like and it's fun and it gives you a great feeling and it evokes you know friendship and happiness and family and all of those really great endorphins that kind of go off when we think about food and music and i'm just thrilled graham that you were able to come on today
1: thank you so much for having me it was a super fun chat
0: all right. Well thanks a lot. And we have the links up and we're gonna put a direct link so that it's easy to buy and give us some feedback if 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 you buy or when you buy uh Graham Elliott's book, let us know and, and we'll try to have him back on with his his next cookbook and we'll 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 compare notes on, on how our cooking went. How about that, Graham?
1: That sounds awesome. Let's do it. All
0: right. You have a great day. Thanks a lot, I really appreciate right. it. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. And that was Graham Elliott, and you've seen him all over TV. He has a fantastic cookbook, Cooking Like a Master Chef, 100 Recipes to Make Every Day Extraordinary, and we're really thankful that he came on today. And get out there and cook and cook with your kids and your family and put on some great music and and tweet us some pictures of of what you cooked. I'm going to play one of the, the Seattle artists that we had on last week, Aston Prater. She's been having some success down in Nashville. This is her new single, I Want a Truck. And you can find out more at com. You can find more on Graham at com. and I'll be right back.
1: I want a truck One that won't get stuck If I could feel the wind
0: I want a truck and we want to thank our guest today again Graham Elliott for coming on cooking like a master chef a hundred recipes to make everyday extraordinary available now and thank you for listening we're going to go out with another Seattle jazz artist Paul Sautel and Paul's uh, website is paulsautel.com we have all the links available here and this is his song why can't we live together so thank you for joining us thank you again to Graham and have a great day Watch your sunshine, timeless music, brothers that share one mind, ducking the one time. But you don't understand why can't we live together? Cause they don't love us, fam. So alone, I stand praying for my brother, man. Good and evil stretching me like a rubber band. Then I snap back into reality. Life is short, but love burns eternally. Screaming, can I live? What more can I give? I'm like Adam to Eve, you with my one rib. But what your son did, I'm King's dream coming true. Bridge the gap, music reach out and touch you. I gotta push through, cause on the other side is a better life. Take a look through my eyes.